Welcome, listeners. It's now time to sharpen those unrealistically large knives, hide those bodies in the other room, and summon the ghosts from the attic to share some popcorn. It's time to start slashing expectations. A subtle note of forewarning. We do not want to slash your expectations prematurely. We talk about a lot of movies, games, and books. But don't worry, we mentioned the names beforehand. So if you have any concerns, end the podcast now, or at least mute the segment so you can listen to our next topic. Enjoy. Welcome to Slashing Expectations. We're here to talk about concepts in horror media, such as the things that make a horror movie, things that destroy horror movies, the good, the bad, the ugly, the stabs, the murders, the body counts, all of it. Today's concept is the pros and cons of revealing your monster, and that's going to be a broad subject. It doesn't have to be specifically monster movies or people, for that matter. It's revealing the big bad in the end of the film, basically, whether it's a specific person or like a situation, but we need to talk about the pros and cons of like the movies that do it good and bad in revealing what's going on and the movies that don't reveal what's going on and why it worked and why it didn't. First, oh, damn, you gonna introduce this already? Uh, fuck off, bro. What the fuck, I was man? about to, and then you started yelling at me. Bro, you haven't introduced me in, like, 30 seconds. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, fuck you. You're not getting introduced <laughs> anymore. What the fuck? Okay, well, I am the main host. I am Tyler. Hello. Welcome. I'm here with Jacob. Oh, God. Just call me Jake. <laughs> I, knew you, I knew that would get a response out of you, but hello. Welcome. Fuck off. I'm also here with Gabe. Hello. Hello. Welcome. It's weird using my real name on the internet. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Welcome to 2021. Oh, yeah, yeah. No aliases for us. Fuck 21. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Fuck 20 and 21. Fuck being 21, dude. <laughs> I was drunk so much of my 21st year. So was I, honestly. It was a bad time. <laughs> bad time. <laughs> uh, fuck society for making 21 such a big deal and then ruining our lives with it. Yep. yep. All right. Well, I guess first question is, what do you guys think about what I like to call the illusion of the reveal in films? I think it really depends on how the director does it. Agreed. I was about to say, yeah, it depends on the movie. I... Yeah personally just hate that it's seen as something that's required to make a good film because there's the apex of a film like the point where it hits its peak its climax and for some reason it's well known in hollywood at this point that if you don't have a reveal the movie doesn't have that grab which i think is a lie bullshit it is bullshit yeah why do you think there are seven paranormal activities yeah, but the the thing with Paranormal Activity is that by the third movie, you knew what was going on. The first movie was just fucking ridiculous. And the, <laughs> there was the reveal, which wasn't really a reveal, a reveal. It was just a person getting possessed. But, like, so, like, that movie did it good. And then they just, like, went off the rails, like, we gotta tell the story! Look, look, you're, you're making a horror movie. We don't give a fuck about the story. Just show us cool monster-killing people. Exactly. Or That's if, all we want. Or if there is a story, it's... It's got to be grabbing, but there doesn't have to be a specific reveal to make us keep watching. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to think of a movie that didn't really have any monster reveal. I'm not big on horror. Yeah, well, that right? that's... Well, I'm big on horror, but I haven't watched a lot of it. The hardest part for me is finding a movie that 
doesn't have a definitive reveal because it is such a common thing. Yeah, it's tough. It's um, pretty much everywhere. You only really see it in indie movies. Yeah, yeah more or less. Where it's not the reveal. I don't, I don't even know. Like, all the classics have monster reveals. Yeah, all of them do. All they, of them. And even if they like don't specifically like focus on revealing your monster and it's just a primitive like a, a thing that's prevalent through the film you still end up with a sequel or something that takes the mask off of the mystery yeah well if that's the case then let's think of something else why is the reveal so enticing to us why do we love the reveal i think a big part of that is solving a mystery gives you some sort of satisfaction. So they want you to leave the film feeling like you came out with something. But that leaves a limitation to imagination, I guess. Because you leave with a, a solidified concept rather than leaving it open to your imagination. Yes, but the whole point of movies is to, you don't need an imagination. Exactly. And I think that uh, Asian media does that really well. Like uh, Juon. Because, um, like, The Grudge is an okay movie uh, with the American remake and stuff. But a lot of Asian media, they focus more on what you can't see. So a lot of Juon is... There's specific points where you see the kid. But a lot of it is subtle things on the side of the screen. Sounds. You see people's facial reactions instead of seeing what what they're actually seeing. And they focus on the mystery behind it all instead of sho shoving in your face what's going on with the jump scare. Yeah, it took me uh, two or three watches of that movie to actually understand what was going on, to be honest. Dude, you should see the sequel. I have. What the it fuck? It makes no sense whatsoever. Still haven't seen it. kind of part of the appeal is you're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know what it is. Asian media is just better at that. What was that one movie that you and I watched that was confusing as shit? Rigor Mortis. Rigor Mortis. There are monsters in that movie. But they don't really serve to the whole plot. So they're not the reveal. And the reveal is something abstract, and how do you capture that? How well, do you capture abstract in movies? I think that movie did it well in the sense that you still don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, yeah. I had to watch the movie multiple times and do some research to figure out what the fuck I'd just seen. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I, I was still haven't at. seen that one, to be honest. Oh, it's good. good. That's what I've it heard. Is, it's confusing as shit, but it's kung fu fighting vampires. Okay. It's literally yeah. kung fu, vampires, ghosts. Pure it's... nonsense is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. I was so confused and so interested the whole time. Mm -hmm. But that movie did a really good job with its, its so-called reveal, because the, the reveal was more of a satisfying end to the film with open ends. Um, it wasn't so much of like, this is exactly what's going on. It came to a close, showed you that things came to a close. Everything was destroyed, went to shit, and you're left with these characters that you're not sure if are going to survive or not through the end of the situation. It kind of gives you an ending that explains it, but in such a vague way that it leaves you to interpretation. Yeah. The way I like... And that, I think, is the perfect way to not have a reveal in a horror movie and still have it be good. Is there can still be a reveal, air quotes, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be the main reveal. Like, another, like an American movie I can think of that did it well, in my opinion, was A Quiet Place. Mm -hmm. The reveal wasn't the monsters. 
Because that's not what the story was about. The story wasn't about the monsters. The story was about that family. And the reveal was them finally learning how to fight back. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And that, that movie did... It, like, since it wasn't specifically a horror movie, it, it broke one of the horror movie rules of, like, showing your monster super early, which I hate that that's a rule, because it shouldn't be. Showing the monster in the beginning of the film was such a good idea, because it solidified what exactly what was happening to this family, so you could focus on the family throughout the film and have it be a family film thriller. Exactly. Yeah. People saw this weird monster and was like, alright, I already know what it is. Yeah, and they were left dumbfounded, honestly. Like, seeing that horrifying scene so early leaves you oh. Oh, leaves you just, like, numb for a minute. But it prepares you to deal with the emotional impact it has on the family. If anyone hasn't watched that movie, go watch it. John Krasinski is very good at what he does. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> but, like, uh, like uh, we were talking about it earlier before the podcast. A newer movie that did a really good job with not revealing its monster as well or not having its big reveal was bird box now i think that movie itself was okay um a lot of people said it was incredible i thought it was all right but the way that they oh, really handled just, sorry just really quick about bird box i think it would have been much better if it came out either before or long after a quiet place agreed because it fell into the the stereotype it has no sense yeah yeah i personally thought it was just an okay movie myself yeah but i did like that it kind of engaged you as far as the monster went you have no idea what that thing is Mm -hmm. so it leaves it to your imagination like you were talking about earlier like what is this creature that is so terrifying that it drives people to either kill themselves or go completely insane yeah and even at the end of the film it had its its solidifying clothes where you get your closure with the family. Um, the characters have made their development, and you can be happy with the development that's made. Um, but it never reveals the monster. The monster is just a prevalent threat throughout the film as the characters grow. What about movies that have a good reveal, where it's satisfying and doesn't ruin the movie? Um, the, the main reason that this is going to be a fun podcast is because we have three perspectives. We have me, who is basically a horror connoisseur at this point. Um... We have Gabe, who has, like, enough knowledge to know what's going on. And then we have Jake, who is new to this, and he's horror, experiencing horror basically from a new perspective. He hasn't seen a lot of them, and he's been introduced enough that he knows the concepts of it, but hasn't seen a whole lot of movies. I, I know enough horror now that I know the tropes and the stereotypes. Exactly. And that, that's why you're going to be good for this. But first example, Alien. How do you think the reveal of that was good? Well, for starters, you don't see the entire alien till about 75% of the way through the film. That's you, a fair point. They you, build up it very well. Yeah, like the alien only has like 15 minutes of screen time in that entire movie. Yeah, the rest it of it actually? is just dealing with the crew Yep, and then trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the movie is... It builds this huge suspense. Yeah, it's the ambience of space. And the suspense of knowing something is killing people and you don't know what. Because like it shows the face hugger, but then it doesn't show the alien that comes out of the dude. And then you see bits and pieces of the alien. So like you see the reflection off of its uh, like carapace head. You see its tail. And you see the aftermath of its destruction. You don't see the entire alien until you're about 70-75% of the way through the film. 
the they did very well building us up because they gave us just enough to be like what the fuck is that thing that thing's kind of creepy what will it turn into oh god it keeps growing what the fuck exactly and then you're left with this uh ho horrible monstrosity and the suspense has built up so much that you really don't know what to expect and the reveal is just as good as the suspense it's a monster that is like nothing you've ever seen before you don't know what to expect off the off of the bits and pieces that you've seen and once you see the full extent of its power you're left in awe and horror and you don't know what the hell to do with yourself because if this thing truly existed it is an apex predator and now that you see exactly how like versatile it is like what are you what are you supposed to expect out of that that reveal was so breathtaking the first time they did an amazing job i remember when i first watched it with you i i know i knew what the xenomorph looked like who doesn't know what a xenomorph is Mm -hmm. Still, that review like gave me tingles. It was weird. I actually, I, I like tensed up when it first showed up. It's because up until that point, all they have focused on is building your relationship with the different members of the crew and then taking them away from you. And well, your mean, first time watching that movie, you're not, you may know what a xenomorph is, but it still gives you that, oh God, what's gonna happen next? Feeling, that suspense and that dread. Purely so as soon as you see it, again, it's just, you're in awe because this is what has been causing all of these issues. You're now face to face with the big bad evil thing. Babette. <laughs> <laughs> Babette, yes. It's the Babette. Dude, that makes me think of the ba Babadook. That movie was so bad. Oh, that I movie was awful, it. dude. <sighs> it was bad. Okay, well, here's the thing. Speaking of awful horror movies, is there a, like, there's a lot of horror movies that do it just kind of okay. Are there any that do it just god-awful? Any that reveal, that the, the reveal is just shit, it was awful, it ruined the movie, I know Ryland's. Hereditary. No, sorry, sorry, I know Tyler's. I'm gonna go with Hereditary. It's 100% Hereditary. The movie is so, so good. And then the last ten minutes is just one giant bullshit reveal. It's a big fuck but you. The, but it, it like insults your intelligence. I will say this about Hereditary. The actual monster reveal was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. With that. the mom crawling on the ceiling and all that shit. That, that was, was good. Nice. That was really good. Yeah, they did it so well too because first it was subtle and then it was in your face. Like it was subtle enough that you had to take a, a second look and be like, wait, did I just see that right? And then the camera yeah. pans just enough to reveal it all the way. And you're like, oh my God, I fucking saw that right. <laughs> like I remember a scene in particular where you're talking about before everything starts where it's focusing on the sun in the living room and then just in the corner of the screen you see the mom crawl up the wall and onto the ceiling mm -hmm. yep and there's just enough motion in the shadow that you're like did i did i see that is that what yeah. i just saw <laughs> yeah that was amazing i love that but um, then they yeah, then they then they ruined it by trying to explain everything, and I hate that. Like it's yep. it's the movie definition of mansplaining. It's like here's all of this exposition that you definitely didn't need because you know what's going on already, but we're gonna make sure you know what's going on. Here's an example of it, right? Jason from from uh, Friday the Thirteenth. How the fuck does he do the things he does? We don't know. 
is his reveal dope every time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never try to tell you why. They just say that he's an unstoppable force, and he's just so vengeful that he can't be killed. Yeah. That's exactly. it. That's it. He is That's just all you get. there. What I'm hearing is he's a rendition of Doom Guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Too angry to die. Pretty much. Or, well, is it... Would it be him or Mike Myers? Yeah, Michael Myers is pretty close to that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Michael oh, Myers I, is one wait, of my I'm favorites. Sorry, I was talking, I was talking Shrek. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what Mike Myers... Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, big green one, obviously. Oh, okay. Why are you in his swamp? <laughs> Dude, I want to see someone make a horror Shrek. Dude, please. Where all the all the fairy animals get sent to Shrek's swamp, and he's just like, nah, I don't want you here, and starts butchering them all. <laughs> Dude, please. I have another example of a really bad one, though, that ruined the movie for me. Oh, okay. It's a movie called The Boy. Okay. Have either of you ever seen that? I don't think I have, I have no. I <sighs> okay, so the concept of the movie is there's this, there's this lady that gets paid by this really rich family that lives in a mansion to babysit their child. She shows up. And the child is literally a doll. What the fuck? And what had happened is that their son had died in a horrible accident. And the doll was a replica of the child and the child's favorite toy. So they... Oh, heard of this. To cope with the loss of their child, they took care of the doll instead. And okay. they are fully aware that it's a doll. Like, it's not one of those things where, like, where they see the doll as the boy, but they treat it as if it is. Like, they, they change his clothes, take him on walks, uh, he has TV time, and, like, he has uh, piano practice, they bring him meals, everything. What the fuck? Yeah. So then the parents leave on on this vacation that they have that they hired the lady for. She's like, whatever, you're paying me, like, $3,000 to watch a doll. This is going to be the easiest job of my life. And then eventually the doll starts moving, and, like, the food disappears when she brings it food, and uh, she wakes up in the middle of the night to, like, footsteps outside of her door, and the doll watching her in really creepy places and stuff. Uh, what? Uh, no, no thanks. Yeah. I think I've actually heard of that. Yeah. Now, it was one of the best movies in a very long time that I'd seen, and it was not advertised properly. It was just a movie I randomly found on Netflix. It was just one of those things that popped up. I was like, all right, cool. And then okay. it gets to the end of the movie, and this is where the spoilers kick in for sure. And they ruined basically the entire film because the entire time you think, oh, it's a supernatural force, and okay. that the doll, that like the the son's soul is in the doll, and the doll is moving around and tormenting this lady. But in reality, the boy is alive. He's living in the walls of the house, and the parents are aware of this, and. I don't know, I don't remember what happened to cause him to live in the walls of the house. I think, like, he got hurt in a fire or something, and his his appearance was too horrifying to, like, look at. And the parents had hired this lady so that he could basically kidnap and marry her. What the f- What? Because they wanted him to have a wife, and he wanted to have a wife, So this really strong-ass kid that's been living in the walls, like, bursts through the walls and attacks this lady and tries to rape her, basically. The fuck? Yeah. Okay, the doll was so much better than that. Yep. So much better. It ruined everything. 
Like, the entire film just went out the window because it decanonized all of the, the thoughts and mystery that was behind everything from up till then. And especially when the parents show up, like, the girls stuck there with the kid and they start explaining everything. You're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Why? That, that does not sound like it's a good movie. It's not. Would not. If it was advertised like that, I would not watch that. Yeah, and, like, the movie as it was was good. And I was super impressed. And then they just ruined everything. You know what I what I think directors do? Mm-hmm. Horror directors that don't know what they're doing? Mm-hmm. They think the reveal that matters is n- the reveal that nobody cares about. We care about monsters. We care about supernatural things. We don't care about, like, we don't care about your stupid storyline or the stupid cult you created or the kid living in the walls. Give us what is more scary. That is what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to remember the exact ending of a movie I watched quite a while back. That it was kind of like that with the supernatural. It was called The Last Shift. I never heard of that one. So what the concept is, is the main character is this rookie cop, right? Mm-hmm. And her first shift happens to be the last night shift at the old department. Before they transfer everything to a new building. She's just there to keep out, like, criminals and whatever. People looking to squat in the old police station. There was this big case going on with this satanic cultist group. Every single one of them had committed ritual suicide inside this building. In their jail cell. And as the night goes on, she starts, like, hearing noises and stuff. Okay. Then files start to move around. And then she starts seeing, like, hanging people in the cells and... Dude with the shotgun blasters had crazy shit. And then the end of the movie comes around. And it turns out she just had a crazy psychotic breakdown and was completely insane. It completely ruined the entire vibe. Otherwise, it was a fantastic movie. It took me... I had to watch it a second time to honestly understand what the fuck. I'm surprised you went back for a second watching after that. Yeah. Well, the rest of it was really good. It's only the last, like, five minutes of it. Yeah. When dawn breaks and she's killed, like, three people. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's quite quite an escalation right there. It's just all yeah, of a sudden well, just... Yeah, like, well, she's... She has access to the armory. She thinks she's under attack, under siege in this place. She's hallucinating and seeing shit. And it turns out she's killed, like, three other cops. And one homeless dude. And there that was reveal, some... though... The, the reveal that it was the main character all along can work. American Psycho did it. Yeah, American Psycho did it very well great movie but this one did not and there was also some subplot about like her dad was a cop there who got killed fighting these cultists and shit oh that is something that i hate even more than the freaking bad reveals i hate when they just they tie in the main character in some stupidly obscure way that doesn't actually make sense so that they can be a part of all of this yeah, what if they just, like, worked there? Yeah, like, I like the, the horror of just, like, oh, this is a random-ass person, and they got thrown into literal fucking hell. Yes. Yep. No one cares. It's a horror movie. We come there to get scared. We don't care about your loving storyline or, oh, this this girl has to avenge her father. We don't care. We want to see this yeah. girl get ripped in half. It was more 
her dad was a cop, so she's a cop, and now she's doing the shift at the station. Yep. Doesn't matter. It's a stupid it trope. Doesn't matter. Cool. You're the rookie cop. We don't need any more than that. Such a stupid trope. I hate the whole like I I I'm killing these ghosts and demons, and my and I just barely found out from a demon that my great 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 ten thousand times removed cousin was also a demon hunter, and I have his blood in me. Blah blah blah. You see, God. that is the only time when it works is in comedy. Because that trope can be hilarious if you use it right. Exactly. Y'all yeah. ever seen Spaceballs? Oh, yeah. Yes. Many times. Oh, my God, yes. That was, yes. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what it is. It's there, There's tropes that are now, like, what, what are considered to be the law of horror movies that I don't agree with. And, like, this whole, there's got to be a reveal and the main character has to be tied into this historically somehow i don't agree with those yeah it's it's very much a cop-out yeah For it's sure. bad writing like and sorry let's be honest horror is filled with bad writing oh, it, it really is there was another movie that again i watched twice to try and figure out what the fuck was going on and i still barely remember anything about it because it was so bad I believe that one was called Sacrifice. I think it was a Scottish film. Well, there's your issue. <laughs> I know it took place in Scotland, but it was supposed to be psych horror. And You're it was describing just... the village. It was just confusing. <laughs> the village well, is... it wasn't the village. The village had Not a good quite. reveal. But... What about the village? Had a good reveal. What do you mean? Oh, at the end? Yeah, where the where end. She's just in New Jersey? Yeah, well, yeah. so I, I, I hated that the first time I watched it. Um, that, that movie has, like, a three-stage reveal. There's the reveal that the monster's fake. Yep. There's a reveal that the monster that's chasing her is the person that she loves who's just, like, the autistic kid. And then there's the reveal that it's literally a village that's just, like, away from society in the middle of Jersey. And the first time I watched it, I was pissed. I was so fucking mad. But then I went through and watched it again. And all of the subtle hints throughout the entire movie and the way that the characters interact with each other, especially the ones that know what's going on, is so damn good. Mm -hmm. You see, I've always heard that Shyamalan is not a good director. I enjoyed The Village. Yeah. I really did. That one and Signs. Signs had a... Uh, the reveal in that one was oh. shit because, like, it, you can, it was obvious from the beginning. But that movie, I've watched it probably over 100 times, and every time I watch it, I still get creeped out and I see something new that I hadn't seen before. Still have yet to watch Signs. It's a good one. I've seen bits and pieces of Signs, but I've never watched it all the way through. Mm -hmm. Really quick about uh, Shyamalan. Did I tell you the only Shyamalan movie I'd seen before you showed me uh, Village? No. The Last Airbender. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> You're a fucking disgrace. Disgusting. I know. I know. Well, that was, I really enjoyed Split. Split had a good reveal, and so did the one before it. Um, Unbreakable. Unbreakable? Great reveal. Oh my god, you know what? Hey, we've been talking about movies this whole time. What about books? How good is Stephen King? Stephen King's pretty damn good, yeah. It depends on the book. His reveals are pretty on point. I haven't read much horror, except for, like, the classic Lovecraft and Poe. Mm. I recommend Stephen King. I don't know. I, I don't want to read horror. That's not my thing. Let me give you a a good example from one of his books, I would say. And then I can think of a couple that are kind of bad. But 
The Dark Half is one of one of oh, my favorite novels of his. Such a good book, dude. Mm-hmm. So um, it follows this guy who I think he's a writer, which is weird because most of his books and movies go around writers. Mm-hmm. But he's having these weird nightmares where he's killing people. And then it turns out that these people are actually dying. And isn't he he's writing about it? Yeah. Yeah. So he's writing an article on it or something and it, on these murders, but he's also having like hallucinations about the murders. Yeah. He's writing about him, and then he finds out, oh, God, this actually happened. Yep. The movie just gets progressively crazier and crazier because the murders start getting closer to home, and things start happening to people who are really close to him. The big reveal is that technically when he was born, um, he was supposed to be one of two twins. But the rare medical thing where one twin absorbs the other happened to him. And he was the one that came out on top. But his twin is growing inside of him still. What the fuck? So I think there's a point in the movie where like he like he dies in the end of the movie and they like cut open his brain and there's like an eyeball in his brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what the, what? But the way that they do it in the book is he goes to a doctor to figure out why he's having these splitting headaches before he has one of his hallucinations. And... He has like a finger growing in his brain, in his brain or something when they do the autopsy of his or the, yep. the the cat scan. Literally, so he took over the twin at birth, and the twin is now taking over his body in life. And whenever he goes into these like uh, the uh, these episodes where he has huge migraines and blacks out and has hallucinations, he's actually the one committing the murders, but it's not him; it's his alternate ego. Yeah, it's his twin. Yeah, which. When it's just said out loud like that doesn't sound great, but the way that it's presented in the film is such a slap in the face moment that like you start breaking down the rest of the book and realizing all of these moments where there's people that were close to him that trusted him that he ended up killing in horrible ways and stuff. And you literally see the entire book in a retrospective of like, what the fuck? Yep. Okay, so what you're saying is Stephen King is good. Yes. Very good. Very good. Um, and he's got his few that are not great. Like, one of his books that's really good. Let me see if I can find it in my Audible library real quick. Um, Misery? Yeah, Misery. So that book Misery's was... A classic. Yeah, Misery is a classic, and it was okay. But I didn't like... I guess there was never really, like, a reveal. But... The character design around the girl who kidnaps him is disappointing, I would yeah. say. And do you know the story of Misery, Jake? No. Uh, so a rider crashes his car in the mountains and in the snowstorm and breaks his leg. And this lady finds him, pulls him out of his car, saves him, um, starts taking care of him, and it turns out that she's one of his biggest fans. Of course. Yep. And she literally traps him in her home and, like, poisons him just enough to keep him sick and makes sure that he is unable to leave so that he can rewrite the ending of one of his books for her because she didn't like the ending. Yep. He breaks her... She breaks his leg again, for instance. Well, okay, in the movie... In the movie, anyway. She hobbles him with a, with a hammer. In the book, she literally cuts one of his feet off with an axe. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. Full blown you see, psychopath. You see, you see, this is why we, you don't become famous. You know, <laughs> right. Because of psychopaths <laughs> like this, okay? Yep. It was a. It was quite quite the story. Like, and like the book was good in in and of itself, but the character was just meh. Like, she wasn't. I don't know. She wasn't crazy enough, and she wasn't outstanding enough. She was just a regular person who wanted a book done and was willing to do anything to have it done. A good a good one would probably be Cujo. Hey, Cujo was good because you know exactly what's going on right from the very beginning. But you also know that you can't do anything about it. And that's where the terror comes in. Mm -hmm. Jake, do you know the story of Cujo? Uh, no, but that is one of the only names I actually know. So Cujo, what it is, is this family, right? The main horror aspect of it centers around the mom and their kid. Cujo has rabies and keeps them trapped in this car for like three days or some shit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so rabid dog. Rabid dog. The, the, this is one of those things where... Um, this is something I wish they would do in movies more often, and it's become more of a prevalent thing, but the entire movie is on a single set. Yep. Um, okay. It's literally, they're trapped in the car, the dog is rabid and won't let them leave. And, and it's just a normal-ass dog? It's a St. Bernard. Yeah, it's a St. Bernard. It's a big-ass dog. Well, yeah, but it's still a normal-ass dog. Yeah, it's a normal dog it's that just has It's a normal dog rabies. that's already racked up, like, four kills at this point. Yeah, because it killed the owner, the person that they were going to go see. Like, <laughs> killed the owner. is nuts. Yeah. It killed the owner. It killed the neighbor. Yeah. And... Killed a mailman. Yeah, the mailman. But yeah, literally... Oh, that's fitting. Literally, it's just... Like, the entire movie is set in, the, in their car in this lot of a mechanic's place. And the dog will not let them leave the car. Horror aspect of it is... There is no escape from it. Mm -hmm. There's no way to call from help. You have to figure something out. Well, yes, I get that. Dude, okay, hang on. Hang on, I gotta branch this off real quick. So, one of my favorite games, but I hated the ending. The reveal was bad. Outlast. <laughs> you think the, review, the reveal in Outlast is bad? So the reveal of the, the, the wall rider was dope. The... Finally escaping and getting shot by the military was bullshit. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, okay, yes. The wall rider was cool as fuck. <laughs> Would you say that's the main reveal of the game, though? Because I'd say it's the wall rider. Well, okay, so the, the wall rider is the main reveal of the game. The escaping is the closure. And they just, sh they smack you in the face with it. Like, oh my god, you made it! Daylight! Fuck you! Pew pew! Like... <laughs> Well, I guess it is It is a reveal. Yeah. It's the ending. So, yeah. Honestly, pretty bullshit. Super bullshit, pretty dude. Bullshit. Is it, but is it more bullshit than Outlast 2? Uh, no. Outlast 2 at least has, some, has, has the cool factor of having a nuke dropped. Yeah. I, I liked 2. Like, I liked the way that they they explained it all out and stuff. I think that the, the exposition was... It was so subtle that... I had to kind of go back and figure out what the fuck had just happened. Like, because yeah. a nuke drops, you're like, what the fuck? Like, that is such a big slap in the face, and you don't know if you're upset or not. And then once you realize, like, what was going on, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, you and I had no idea what the fuck was happening. Yeah. <laughs> and we had to play it again and read through all the notes to be like, oh, got it. Exactly. And yeah. that, that one did it good. Mm -hmm. 
I think that is another very good way to reveal something, is keep it incredibly subtle. Huh. So subtle that probably half of the people who enjoy whatever they're, whatever you've produced don't get it. Yep. Yeah. I think that is another fantastic way to reveal things. Well, that's like full circle to rigor mortis. It, it, brought, us, it brought me back to a second and a third viewing. Mm -hmm. Like, the second viewing... I understood a little bit. The third viewing is where it like fully kicked in. And that's incredible. It's literally like it's the replay value of the mystery. And that's why I say that the the reveal factor in Hollywood is a myth. And it's something that they use as a cheap tactic to make you leave feeling like you've you've gained something and you have a tangible experience rather than leaving and racking your brain for five hours about what the fuck just happened. But that's just the Hollywood way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People go to movies to shut their brains off. Yeah. Which is too bad because they don't need to. Um, I know you hated this movie, but what was it called? Midsummer? Oh, okay. Look, I hate that movie. Not. F Look, it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. I just hate that movie for other reasons. Yeah. But I've seen it three times now. I saw it twice in theaters, and I've seen it once on just a regular screen. And the amount of random things, like, there's so much foreshadowing that in that movie that. It's literally telling you the story before you even leave the first house. Like, the house where everything went to shit and before they go on their vacation. You have the whole story laid out for you already. You just don't know it yet. And then, yeah. there's moments where it... There's images in the background and people that show up in crowds. And reactions that you get from characters that aren't the main character. That build the film so much that you literally have an entire other story going on in the background you don't even know about. And it's, it's incredible. And mm -hmm. I think that's a lost art. I think not as many people are doing it anymore. Yeah, for real. Like, you don't get to leave a theater, like, being confused and trying to figure out what the hell's going on anymore. They, everybody wants their closure. And they want to walk out with this tangible experience. And it's mind-numbing. And I think it's stupid. Yeah. I can agree with that. That's just how modern movies are these days. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. Um, like a recent movie that we watched, Candyman. I was pretty disappointed because the reveal was kind of shit. I'll be honest. It was. Um, was they did not, not a do fan. a good job with the remake. Well, it wasn't even a remake. It was a sequel. I'm, yeah, it was a sequel. I'm I enjoyed it. it I still thought it was a good movie. Mm. But I just... There was something about the actual reveal that I didn't enjoy. Well, and I think that a big part of that is... They made the best and the worst decision of having Jordan Peele direct that film or be like a big yes. voice in that film because yeah. he did an incredible job recreating the story in a way that was creepy. It really set you off edge. It was disgusting in parts that you weren't ready for it to be disgusting in. But he focused so much on the story that he wanted to tell that it took away from the original story. And, okay, when when I say this, I don't mean, like, it completely, like, I don't like the movie anymore. It's like, oh, they ruined it. No. I think he added it to it quite well. <laughs> I just don't think well enough. Because I do like the story of, oh, Candyman switches to whoever the other Candyman chooses. <laughs> it's a title that gets passed on now that Jordan Peele has dictated that. Yep. And sure. And that's a cool concept, too, because that means that if they wanted to, they could take a new path with things 
and keep going with the story, which I get is another Hollywood tactic of it's got to be open-ended enough that, to have a sequel. But he did it in a way that made sense. It didn't take away from the character. I just wish that he'd focused more on the character and not the story that he wanted to tell. Yes. Which, nothing wrong with that at all. Because all of his other films had a very specific story he wanted to tell, and it was done well. It's the fact that he picked up a license of something that was already done, and it had its own good ending, and then changed it for the agenda of what he wanted to say. Yes. Which, again, is all well and good. Mm -hmm. No complaints, except that when I view when i think of Candyman, i think of the the voice of Candyman. Mm-hmm. oh yeah they didn't really have that in the re- in the sequel yeah and that left that left me a little empty inside there was a little hole a little Candyman sized hole in my heart that was <laughs> that was left there little you realize dude's like 63 right i don't care <laughs> i just in the original movie i got a big heart but the original movie, when you first hear his voice, and they're in that parking lot, like the, oh, the car park, creepy as hell. You hear it echoing through all the empty stalls, and then you turn and just see this massive man in a really nice coat, and it's just like I don't know if I like you don't want to trust him, which is good. Like he's he's got like enough of a friendly feel to be like all right, he's got like the nice jacket, he's he's just a big dude, but then his voice like digs into your soul a little bit. Just a bit, yeah. It's so good. And I, that's another way to reveal things, by the way. Everyone the thinks was... reveals have to be visual. No, mm-hmm. you don't have to be visual. You can be audio. Because mm-hmm. the yep. thing to, that, to me that's the creepiest about Candyman is his voice. Mm-hmm. The creepiest thing about the Xenomorph is when you hear it clicking in the darkness. Yep. Um, Every, everyone gets scared when they hear Jason's theme. <laughs> and it's kind of a it's more of an action movie but predator yeah the the clicking and the slightly off-putting mimicking that it does mm-hmm. before you even see what the fuck the thing is yeah people don't really understand how much uh, sound does in horror mm-hmm. like have you seen that new um it's not well it's not really new but there's this they showed how they, they there's this these weird metal tubes that they use to make horror sounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not anything you notice. It's just like a a slight ringing in the background. Like you know the expression. It sounds like where it sounds like uh, nails on chalkboard or maybe like knives. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um. Random fun fact. I saw a video the other day and apparently when the third nightmare on elm street came out nickelodeon did an ad for it nickelodeon Nickelodeon. so they took the actor brought him on set with a bunch of kids they talked about the movie and at the end of the ad he literally drug his nail his uh knife fingers down a chalkboard in front of a live audience what the fuck on nickelodeon (laughs) Yo, imagine, like, going from your Dora the Explorer to that. (laughs) Right? You're just watching fucking Spongebob or something, and then fucking Freddy Krueger pops up on your screen? Like, what the hell? Bruh, bruh, any any parent of a kid, any parent who watched the movie who had a kid who watched Nickelodeon was probably just like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
Like, what the hell? It was for the third movie. Like, it's not even the first one where they don't even know what's going on. It's the third movie. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, that exactly makes sense. Who else is going to reach out at that point? <laughs> Fair, especially after Dream Warriors, because that movie was shit. Yeah. God, that movie was bad. Yeah, not, not a good one. You know what I've realized? Specifically about slashers, speaking of Freddy Krueger. Hmm. The reveal is always the same. It's no matter what, it's always the same for every slasher, except one, which is Scream. Yep. Yeah. Scream well, was very good. Well, and I, in my opinion, it, it was. Yeah, and no, it was great. The reason it was is because Billy being the killer was not that big of a of a huge thing. It's like first off, you thought he was innocent, and then but it's, he's still the he's still the creepy boyfriend. But then having Stu as a second killer was fucking insane. Oh yes. yeah. Like, I, like, halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, it's the boyfriend. I had no idea Shaggy was about to murder some people. <laughs> right? Yeah. Shaggy was looking for Scooby Snacks inside of people. <laughs> <laughs> Did you eat my Scooby Snacks? <laughs> Let's find out! Um, and I love it because, like, the director took the time and effort to make every kill specific to who was doing the killing in the movie. So if you're paying yeah. enough close attention throughout the film... Each time that you see someone being killed, it's different. And it's done in a way that is specific to the person who's doing the killing. And then in the end of the movie, it shows their trope with them without the mask, which is incredible. So it's easy to deduce that there's that there's uh, two killers. But looking at it from a first-time viewing, it you when, don't expect that. You can't see yeah. the differences when, right off the bat. When I watched it, I was just like, oh, cool, they're killing someone. That's all I noticed. I didn't notice how. Mm -hmm. I just... Like, there's murder happening. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. And then the moment that Billy turns, it's one of those, like, I fucking knew it moments. But it's still kind of a surprise because you thought he was innocent. He kind of proved that he was innocent for a little bit there. But then Stu shows up and does his whole, like, nonchalant, shaggy, like, look that he does with that weird-ass half-smile. And you're yeah. like, oh, my fucking God. This yeah. guy murdered Velma, and he's coming for my Scooby Snacks. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> He wanted, uh, what was her name? What is the name of the main character? Uh, Sydney? Sydney. Like he that. wanted Sydney to be his Velma. Oh, yeah. But oh, she yeah. was Billy's Daphne. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, oh. Scream is just Scooby-Doo? Thoughts? <laughs> What's the dog? Oh, the dog is 100% that horror nerd. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, it's Dewey. 100%. It's oh, fuck, it's Dewey. <laughs> wait, then who is, uh, who is, oh, wait, uh, he's always the, the nerdy dude who gets the information for him. Like, he's always there, like, they call and get the, all the yeah, regular yeah, yeah, information yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's, a uh, Gale is Scrappy. Oh, yes, 100%. 100%. She's annoying enough, it's fine. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, like, like you were saying with the different murder styles of the two, subtlety is I think is I think the key to a good reveal. Yeah, always. You've got to be subtle with everything, and not just the with, with the reveal, but with the build up. Mm -hmm. Build up is the most important part. Oh, actually, so we talked about this. Um, so the whole the trope of tying in your main character to the plot. Um, a movie that did it good is Halloween. Yeah, I still haven't seen Halloween. Um, cause Halloween, uh, so Michael Myers kills his parents as, as a child. Yep. Um, his baby sister isn't even grown up yet, but he's very protective of her and his, uh, it doesn't explain it a whole lot, but basically his thought process was that she's too young to kill. Um, 
And then he grows up and then decides he wants to finish the job. And so he goes after Lori, who is his biological sister. And But after the whole murder things happened, she was adopted by another family. She has no idea that he, that he even exists. Yep, she just knows her family was murdered. Yep. And okay. that tie-in from the get-go is... Well, it wasn't even like from the get-go. It revealed it at the end of the film, but it was enough of a tie-in that made sense, especially when from the beginning of the movie... It, it's a reveal in the end of the film, but it's got enough of a tie-in Especially within the very beginning of the movie, you see him interacting with his baby sister. Because um, you get this weird forced perspective of, like, you're you're looking through Michael's eyes as a, as a child when he kills his, his parents. Okay. Or his babysitter. Yes, whatever. Yeah, but you get that weird forced perspective. And then you see the baby in the crib. You see him decide not to fuck with it. And then go and continue his murder spree. When it's presented later in the film that she was the child, it's already set up for you. Rather than just being this, I've been here through the entire movie, so I'm going to explain away why this character's here, even though you already have a reason for them to be here, and I'm going to make them more important to the story than they have to be. It's not just a random person in this situation. And then ruining everything. That's, that's the key to it all. Mm-hmm. If you're in Act 3 of your movie and still explaining shit, it's time to start over. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Unless the entire movie's been a mystery up until then, that's besides something. But if you're explaining things through the whole movie, why? Why are we here? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> most of your explaining should be done in Act One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Act Two, sure, a little things to clear some shit up. Act Three, it should be no explaining, unless it's actually like a really big reveal that's pivotal to the entire story, like the others. That is a don't movie. Don't understand that. That is a movie that does that perfectly. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie, you're dealing with this family that moved into a really big house that they got in like an inheritance or something, and it's a mother and her two kids. And through the movie, there's stuff happening that they don't know what what's going on. It's like furniture moving, they hear sounds of people walking around, and the entire movie there's no physical viewing of the stuff happening. Like they'll walk into a room and all the furniture's moved around. Um, or you'll, you'll hear the voices of like someone partying in the other room. She opens the door. There's no one there and things like that literally through the whole movie. And there's no like explanations. There's hints to there being something wrong. Um, but there's never, never an actual explanation until the huge plot twist of the film. And then that plot twist gives you all the information super quick and then you see the reaction of the characters, and then the movie's over. Yeah. And I think that is one of the best ways to do it. I would agree. Yeah, that's how, how I'd do it if you, I was a director. If there is any explanation at all that you must put in Act 3, or in like the last half hour of your movie, explanations have to be like a minute max. Mm-hmm. Like, eat 30 seconds even for everyone to understand and say, yup, and then all the shit starts happening. Exactly. And then it, it can literally just be shit happening without people telling you what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then have everything thrown in your face all at once, and then you know what's going on, and that's it. And then you can see the, the characters deal with the problem or not deal with the problem, and that's the end of the movie. You don't have to sit there and explain for two more hours. Yep. 
which is why most people do monster reveals the wrong way. Exactly. Yep. Well, it's and that because they don't build up the right way. Mm -hmm. Well, and that brings us to a good like a good point to be like, all right, so the pros and cons of your reveal, and I think that the the Hollywood concept of leaving the movie feeling like you have a tangible experience and everything comes to a close and you don't have to feel empty about your experience at all is not a bad thing. I just think it's overused. Agreed. And it's not required, like everyone says. And the good things about it are is that you do get to leave with that feeling of, like, I now have this tangible experience. I, I can tell you exactly what happened and why. The con that literally parallels that point, though, is that you're leaving without any extra thought. There's not really a reason to go buy the movie after it's out of theaters because you already know what's going on. You know what happened. There's not a bunch of things to go back and look at from a different perspective to try and figure out who or what really did all of this. And you're not left with the mystery that makes you want to go see it another time or play it another time or read it another time. In all of the media that they do it, if they don't do it right, you're not going to come back. Unless it's a very good movie. Exactly. But, like, if if people come back purely for a reveal, that is the sign of a good horror movie. Yeah. If the monster reveal keeps getting, keeps people coming back, that is a good job. Exactly. That's why Alien was so, so successful. That's why all of the old monster movies were so successful, because mm -hmm. they show you your monster uh, very, very quickly on, usually, like Dracula and the Mummy and... Um, creature from the Black Lagoon, the reveal is usually not what's behind the creature, but the fact that the creature's not that, like, horrible of a monster, there's, like, a moral dilemma involved or something, and people come back to see the monster in a new vision after they leave the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, if I go in watching Frankenstein for the first time ever, and I'm like, oh, this is a horrible monster, it's killing people, I literally threw a girl down a well that was just picking flowers because it doesn't understand that she can't float like the flower petals and stuff... And then I now understand that the monster is just misunderstood when it dies and it kills its master and dies in a giant blazing flame. I'm yeah. going to come back and now look at it again from the perspective of feeling bad for the monster instead of feeling bad for the people who want to kill this monster. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that is a reveal in and of self that's just good. Wait, is that why Shrek is so loved? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly because he's the horrible monster and they show you all the behind the scenes to help you love the monster mm -hmm. i love how it just goes 360 back to shrek i will always come to shrek <laughs> what <laughs> we're gonna be talking about something super obscure like possession movies or something one of these times you're gonna be like shrek i would be possessed hey, can, by shrek probably turn anything into a shrek reference okay Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Possess me. Because otherwise, that would probably get clipped. Oh yeah, for I'm sure. Some sort of notification sound. Uh, that's the, the. That's why we're not streaming the notification sounds and the fact that I would have to interact with chat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck chat. No one likes you, chat. <laughs> well, I know y'all are listening to this. We'll uh, upload like a YouTube version of this and let them fucking comment and shit so i don't have to actually interact with them i can just be sad when they tell me that my podcast sucks <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me none of none of our viewers are intelligent enough to know a bad podcast when they see one podcast podcast what's a podcast 
Is it like a? It's like it's, it's like a, it's a vod, but it's just your body during a workout. Yeah, it's just a workout video. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> workout videos are not podcasts. Changed my mind. <laughs> you know what? Okay, <laughs> I I shall not. The trope of a reveal is a nuance, and it has to be nuanced to be done correctly. And the air around it of it has to be a thing or that it has to be done this way and the laws of horror movies are a myth. I think the only laws in horror movies are the ones that you need to follow during a slasher flick where it's don't do drugs and drink, don't have sex, and don't say you'll be right back. Yeah. And don't go investigate the sound. Yep. And then besides that, there shouldn't be horror movie rules. There shouldn't be laws behind that kind of stuff. Uh, there shouldn't, but there is. Mm-hmm. Because they they know what the what the average person will like exactly um they know what works and they are afraid to go out of that comfort zone yeah and then one last reveal type there there's one more type that i want to talk about before we end this and that's having a monster that looks good yes Mm. having a good looking monster is very important which is what we talked about so, a little bit with alien well, like okay. with the original hang on, fly hang on, hang on. Mm-hmm. are we talking look good as like it's terrifying or like monster monsume look good uh, uh both no um <laughs> no i'm talking uh, about <laughs> i'm talking about uh like there's a lot of experiences in horror movies when it comes to monsters where you see the monster and then you're disappointed after that the monster isn't scary anymore there's no yeah. like since the mystery is gone, it's not scary at all. Is an example of this. Well, okay, so a good example that we talked about already was Alien. Yes. Yeah. The fly. Would be well, I think Alien met it. Yeah, no, Alien did meet it. Like it, that. That's a good oh, example. Yeah. Alien like, is a good one. Yeah. Um, my prime example for this though is one that I watched recently. Um, it's based off of a book, and it was a Netflix original called The Ritual. It is one of the very few times that I've seen a monster and it gets close to the camera. It's not one of those things where it's off in the distance, which through most of the movie you see the scale of the monster um, because like you see a tree move and it's actually one of its legs or like you hear massive sounds off in the distance and stuff. Um, When you finally see the monster and you know, it's a tangible thing and not the people going crazy. The design is so fucking disturbing and terrifying that it doesn't lose its its appeal. It's no it's even though the mystery is gone of what this creature is, you're still confused as to what the fuck it is, why it exists, and it's still scary as hell. I'll have to watch that yeah. one. I've seen it around, but I haven't actually watched it yet. It is good. It is a very good example. Um but then there's the bad examples. Um my prime okay. example for that would be the boogeyman. I haven't seen that one. Oh my god. That movie was good until you see the monster. Again, it's one of those things where throughout the whole movie, you don't see the monster. You don't know if the guy is going crazy or if something is actually hunting him. Um, You see people die, but you don't know if it's going to be a twist where he's just going crazy and he's the one killing him because he's dealing with this uh, like unnatural fear of the boogeyman because he saw the boogeyman kill his dad when he was a kid or something. But again, you still don't know if it was the boogeyman that killed him or if it was a serial killer because that's what the cops thought. It reveals the boogeyman as an actual thing that's hunting this guy down, and it looks like a green alien. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, it's a guy with a really bad CGI'd green face. Uh, High production value film, really bad CGI'd face. 
That sounds awful. I don't even know what you're talking about. Should I? I'm, you know what? I'm Googling this. Yeah, just Google the boogeyman. Like, it's just, it's bad. It's so bad. Um, it comes up with the American wrestler. Is this 2005? Um, yeah, 2005, though. What the fuck is that? What? There's what? another one kind of like that. Is it, is it Helter Skelter I'm thinking of with the dude who comes every, like, 23 years? Oh, it's, uh, Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, yeah. Yeah, yeah that is, that looks, that looks like Slipknot. Yeah, no, it, it does. It looks like Slipknot when he has the bandages around his face. Let me see if I can find this picture real quick. Um, but no, I have one where it's a, it's a, it's a scene where, like, it's the, the face is behind him and it's literally just, like, a really bad cgi green face here's the thing here's my thing with this i don't think i've seen a reveal yet that i've been disappointed with besides hereditary but when it comes to monster reveals i've kind of been fine because the only monster movies i've seen really are besides the classics friday the 13th which i think does a good job yeah and Candyman. Oh, and I guess eight. I've seen all the good ones. I haven't seen any bad reveals. Actually, the big reveal at the end of the first Friday the 13th, they did that one really well, too. Yeah, the one of it being his mom instead. That was very well set up. If you haven't seen that movie yet, it's like 30 years old. Come on. Yeah, just watch Watch, it. Just watch it. Just watch all nine of them. This shouldn't be a story for you. The the mom is the killer. I love how you say all nine. Yeah, there's only nine. Totally only only nine. nine of them. One of them doesn't even count. And most of them don't count. Most of them don't count. St- but the one in particular. One, we need, do need to do an episode of this podcast, though, where we talk about the best kills in horror movie, like, slasher history. Oh, oh 100%. 100%. And then, I already know my pick. Yeah, but then the, when, the, entire, the entire thing will just be us talking about uh, freaking the third one. Yes, yep. where he throws the, the machete and it just straight flies and... Into the skull of that dude in the wheelchair. Yup. And sends him down the stairs. Yup. <laughs> backwards. It was backwards, remember? It was the back of the oh, machete. Yeah, it was yeah, the, the back of the machete. The, his fucking skull. <laughs> oh my god. Or like the weed whacker kill. Oh, Out yeah. of all the Friday the 13th movies, I enjoyed that one the most. <laughs> Same, dude. That one was so good. And then, like, a, one more good reveal. Have either of you seen Sinister? No, but I've heard of pieces, it. But not the full thing. So, watching that movie, it starts off and you don't think it's anything supernatural. He's looking at a picture of these murders that happened. Because like, the concept is that he moves into a house that a murder happened in. He writes books on like past murders and the experiences of them and stuff. And he finds a box in his attic of full of a bunch of like home movies. And all of them are home movies of people dying. Yeah, they're snuff films. Yeah. What the fuck? And he's trying to figure out what the hell was going on, who the camera perspective is from and stuff. And he's looking in like at a freeze frame picture of one of the films and realizes a person in the background he never saw before. It zooms in on the picture and this really fucking disturbing kind of Joker-esque looking thing turns its face in the picture and looks at him. And the Ooh. music kicks in really hard the main character falls over his desk, spills his whiskey everywhere, knocks over the projector, which screws up the the uh, image on the uh, on the wall, and then that's when everything in the movie goes to shit. Yep, that's when the real big shit happens. I I, I did see that scene. Yeah, one of the best, like newer movie reveals I've seen. It's it so good. fucking they did, good. They did, what parts of it I did see, they did do a good job, with mm-hmm. sister. 
No, that movie is good. I have one more movie. I have one more monster I want to talk about really quick. It. Pennywise. Which reveals it better for who it actually is? The original or the remake? Okay, which reveal are we talking about? (laughs) Yeah. The reveal of... Okay, the classic reveal. Because sometimes reveals are very good at the very beginning. Where Mm -hmm. you first meet it. So like the... 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 Jordan um, scene drain? Yes. The storm drain? The storm drain. I don't want to... What was the what was the original actor's name? Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. So I don't want to knock his performances all, at all, because he did an, an amazing job as Pennywise. And the scene where he's in the sewer is good. But the subtle nuances of the remake were incredible. Yeah. Because while he's interacting with Georgie... Every time that he changes from ready to eat Georgie and trying to play the nice guy, his eyes change color, which is a throwback to the book. Because there's a there's inner, inner dialogue with Georgie where he talks about how he sees Pennywise as this horrifying clown with orange glowing eyes. But then Pennywise's face changes as like Georgie looks away or blinks, and then he sees a really nice clown with really bright blue eyes. So the subtle nuances of Bill Skarsgård's performance, the eyes changing color as Pennywise interacts with Georgie, and the absolutely fucking terrifying moment where his jaw splits open into thousands of teeth was probably one of the best ways they could have ever done that. They did Mm -hmm. a really damn good job with it. Of course, most of that credit goes to Stephen King. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, and the producer for actually following his novel. <laughs> yes. Here is what I will say about the rest of the movie, though, of the remake specifically. Not great. Yeah. Yeah, no. But that reveal was good. Yeah. And re- I think that both movies ended disappointingly. Like both. Okay, I, I say movies as in like this part two where they yes. closed out everything and it disappointed me, but I also understand because the way that Stephen King did it in a book was probably impossible to put into film. Yeah. Yep. Which what do you mean? Probably. I, I mean, it is, if they did it, it would look goofy and bad, which I commend them for trying with what they did. But I think that I, I didn't like the giant crab monster in the original. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like how they changed the story for the like jar ritual thing in the remake. I still haven't seen um, it. Chapter two. It's disappointing. No, I don't think I saw chapter two either. The movie was good. The actors were good. The CGI was good. Like everything was good until they started trying to defeat Pennywise and then the movie went downhill because they were trying too hard. They put in too much information but pulled out enough that like their version made sense and it was just disappointing. But the movie itself was good. Like there was moments that were fucking terrifying. But Oh I'm sure. Uh yeah, it's just like the creative liberties that they took with it were were disappointing. Which I mean I get it. It's literally if they did the ritual of Chid from the book, it would have been goofy and horrible and it would have been bad. But Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay. What part of the ritual of Chud are you talking about here? Uh, all of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of it could have been in any movie ever. Like, the void of space with the giant talking space turtle 
the literally tying the tongues together of Pennywise's formless creature and Richie, I think, and then spouting riddles while, the, while their tongues are tied together. How the fuck would you put that in a movie? <laughs> I don't know. I bet some people could do it. Get the people who worked on, like, Blade Runner. I don't know. Yeah. But Maybe at the same time, like, I, I think that if they skipped the tongue tying part and the riddles and did the giant space turtle, it could be it could be OK. And like the formless absence of light that still puts off light that was Pennywise, they probably could manage it. But then it would just turn into Interstellar with a clown. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, it's just Star Trek. Space Station 13. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just. It's Plan 9 from Outer Space all over again. Throwback to the super early black and white films with the hubcaps that are on fishing wire. (laughs) What do you mean? Doctor Who still does that. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. Like, good on them for trying their best. Okay. But I'm like, we need we may need to do a part two in the future and talk about at like games. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely like branch off more into games because we only really talked about like Outlast. So. <laughs> yeah, we talked about a lot of movies. So, games will be coming. Yeah. Even if you want it or not, whoever's listening to this, fuck you. You're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I think that we I think that we covered like a bunch of good examples of like revealing your monster in good and bad ways, and I think that we talked enough about the concept of what it means to reveal your monster, the pros and cons of it, to break it down in the sense of this is what movies are now of days and this is what they could be. And mm-hmm. and books, for that matter. Like, I haven't read any newer horror novels, um, but I know that, like, with the ones that I've done, either it's like it, where it's so out there that it's, it can only be done in a book medium and it does an amazing job, or it's one of those things where it's like, how do you end your book? Which Patterson has a big problem with, but he's thrillers. That's just a whole nother thing. He ends his books bad. And it, it books is hard. It's either you end the book well and everyone walks away satisfied or someone uses it for Tinder in their fire when they go out to, out to go camping or something, you know? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've read some pretty bad books, bro. But I think we did a good job. So that was Slashing Expectations. This is us. Tyler, Jake, and Gabe, we're at it again for the first time and definitely again. (laughs) I hope that we at least, I don't know, cut some level of interest into your expectations as we are attempting to do. Do you guys want to shout out your social medias or do you not care? I don't don't care. Okay. Well, if you're interested, um, I'm going to be making a Twitter page just for slashing expectations, assuming I can get that IP. We'll find out in the next episode. Um, that'll be our super big mystery and reveal for the end of our next episode. Ooh. (laughs) If you're looking to follow me on my social media or my Twitch to see us play some games every once in a while, good luck spelling it, (laughs) but it's Archangel Rylan. A-R-C-H-A-N-G-E-A-L, because I'm edgy, underscore R-Y-L-N. And we will see you guys next time, hopefully, or you will hear us next time, hopefully. Goodbye. Like any good slasher flick, sometimes you miss, and you end up falling down a set of stairs, or, you know, sometimes the final girl escapes. So enjoy some bloopers from us. 
because we make mistakes too. A subtle note of forewarning. We don't want to splash, splash. We don't want to splash, 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 motherfucker. Did my OBS just crash? Did it actually? <laughs>